Welcome to the Connect Community Podcast, recorded live in Stamford, Connecticut. We're so glad to have you with us today. If you're ever in our area, come see us in person. We hope today's message inspires you and helps you live better. We're starting a new series today. It'll be a five-part series titled Ever Present, the Holy Spirit here and now. And this will be a, a very special series. I'm really uh, excited about it. I think it's going to be great for all of us. And I think that some of you, you will reconnect with the life of the Spirit. And others, for some of you, this will be a brand new thing because the Holy Spirit is this enigmatic figure in the, in the Godhead that for you, it's like, well, is he God? Is he the Son? And then the Holy Spirit, and we do the thing. And, but, you know, they're all one, right? So uh, how do we define? So we're going to rediscover and navigate uh, uh, what it means to live by the Spirit. Because that is the call for all of us. Jesus called us, the New Testament calls us to live by the Spirit, to keep in step with the Spirit. So what does that mean? Jesus once said in the first time that he revealed himself as the Messiah to someone, he said that we ought to worship in spirit and in truth. And so uh, it's important for us to, to have this understanding. But how can we keep an understanding of living by the Spirit? How can we maintain a, a, a life that keeps in step with the Spirit if we don't understand who the Holy Spirit is? If we don't know who the, if we don't have clarity and we don't know who the Holy Spirit is. So we need to have this kind of clarity. We need to learn how to nurture a life with the Holy Spirit. And if we don't do that, if we lack a life in the Spirit, we will lack revelation. And if we lack revelation, we lack transformation. We can't be transformed uh, if we don't have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. So for us to have a full experience of redemption, a full experience of restoration, we need revelation. We need transformation. And that's why many people want God. They even want God's rule. They even want God's answers. But they can't have access to those things because they don't have a clear revelation. It is the Holy Spirit who reveals. It is the Holy Spirit who shows us that which is beyond human knowledge. And so our wisdom... We have wisdom, right? But our wisdom is limited. Our mental capacities, they have a limit. Now, we can do great things with our mind. But without the Holy Spirit, we exist and we live and we breathe in the natural realm. And the natural realm, uh, we, like I said, we can do a lot of things in the natural realm. There's a lot that we can do with our natural mind. Education, manufacturing, science, so many things. I mean, we can build rockets and go to the moon, we can manage a chain supply that brings things from all over the world right to your doorstep, sometimes the very next day. We can build homes and skyscrapers. And we can do the Cupid shuffle. To the right, to the right, to the right, to the right, to the left, to the right. Some of you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> we can do all that, but we don't have the mind of God. 
Still, we can do all that and not have discernment against evil. We can still be ignorant to the spiritual and higher things. Still not experience perfect love. Perfect peace. See, because revelation comes by the Holy Spirit. And we need the Holy Spirit to have revelation. This is what Jesus said, John chapter 16, verses 13 through 15. But when He, the Holy Spirit of truth, comes, He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on His own. He will speak only what He hears. And He will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that He will receive what He will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That's why I said the Spirit will receive from me what He will make known to you. What is Jesus saying? Jesus is saying that there is knowledge that you cannot get on your own. Because these are things that are, uh, that are in the heart of God. They belong in the heart of God. And we can only receive these things if they are revealed by the Holy Spirit. We can only receive these things if we have a connection and a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Now remember, Jesus wasn't talking to random people. Jesus was talking to his disciples, his apprentices. Jesus was talking to people that, that were following him. They were committed to his way of life. And one of those people that I want to use as an example today as our exhibit A was Peter. Peter was a disciple of Jesus. And we can tell by stories in the Bible that Peter was an all-out, all-or-nothing type of guy. And this is how Peter met Jesus. Peter was a professional fisherman, and he spent all night fishing this one instance. And Jesus was preaching at the, at the shore, and he needed a boat to get a little into the water so he could talk to the crowd. And Jesus asked Peter to borrow, borrow his boat so he could preach. And after Jesus preached, he looked at Peter and said, Hey, why don't you go out and cast out your net for another catch? And, G and Peter said, Jesus, we, we were toiling all night, and we caught nothing. Zero. And that's when the fish are usually active. But if you're telling us to go, on your word, we're going to go out there and fish. And they caught so much fish that the boat was about to sink. They had to call their friends with a second boat. And that boat was about to sink. They could not believe it. When Peter saw that, he fell on Jesus' knees and said, Depart from me, O Lord, because I am sinful. He knew he was not worthy. But yet Jesus invited him. And Jesus said, hey, follow me. I'm going to make you fishers of men. And this is what started happening in Peter's journey as an apprentice of Jesus. See, here's a few highlights after he started following Jesus. One of them is that Peter walked on water. There was one instance where the, the disciples were trying to make way across the Sea of Galilee. And there was a strong wind pushing against them. Jesus was up on the mountain. He could see them as he was praying. And he saw that it was about the third hour in the morning. And Jesus said, I'm going to go help him out. And he just starts walking on water. They thought it was a ghost. They were scared. Peter said, it is the Lord. And he just stood up and said, God, uh, Jesus, can I come to you? Everybody else was in the boat. And Peter's like, I want to get out there too. And so he got to walk on water. P 
Peter was the first to tell them, to tell Jesus when he asked, who do you say I am? He said, you are the Christ. When Jesus wanted to wash his disciples' feet, right before the Last Supper, Peter said, I will not have it. I will not have my Lord lowered himself to this position. Because it was a, a, a work of a servant. And Jesus said, if you don't let me wash your feet, Peter, you have no part with me. And then he says one of the weirdest things I'll read in the Bible. He says, then wash my whole body. <laughs> it's the kind of stuff that if you say nowadays, it could get you in jail. <laughs> I mean, I know we don't wash people's feet. It's not customary because we wear shoes now, right? And we, we don't walk on dirt in sandals. But let's say that, you know, somebody, you came to somebody's house and they either offer you a, a, a hot towel for your hands or they said, hey, let me wash your hands for you. And you'd be like, oh, okay, I guess, right? But imagine if you said, no, wash my whole body. <laughs> How awkward is that? That's weird, Peter. Who would ask that of your teacher? Peter was too much. When Jesus said he was going to die, Peter said, I will fight to the death with you. I will be right there next to you, Jesus, and I will fight. And he did. He took out a sword, and he cut a soldier's ear. I don't know how he survived that. I don't know how the soldier let him live. Maybe because Jesus, by a miracle, just put it back with holy super glue. <laughs> but Peter was ready. And then, when Jesus was arrested, and Jesus was on trial in the middle of the night, right? That fake trial they put together. Things got real. And Peter disassociated himself with Jesus. Walked away and said, I don't know him. Denied knowing Jesus three times. And then after that, he quits the ministry. He thought, I blew it. I, I can't do this anymore. I'm not worthy again. I'm, I'm a sinful man. And he goes back to fishing. Now, Peter is a great example to us, to many of us. Because many of us want God. We want Jesus. We know we're not worthy. And like Peter, still we're willing to fight. We're willing to take the next step. We're willing to stand. We're willing to bear arms. But then something happens that we can't understand. Something happens that doesn't fit our natural mind. Something happens that doesn't fit the narrative that we are expecting. And because we have no revelation of the Spirit, and no transformation is happening in our mind and our soul, we walk away like Peter did. We're disappointed. We say, oh man, I really thought this was it. I really thought that that was, that was the thing. That was going to take me to the next level. It's not that the search wasn't genuine. It's not that the relationship wasn't real. It's not that the devotion wasn't genuine. The desire for God was genuine. But there was no revelation. There was no understanding of what God was doing. Now something happened to Peter that changed all that. It fixed that problem. And to understand that, we have to understand what happened at Pentecost. 
So some of you know today is Pentecost Sunday. It's a, it's, a, it's a significant date in the Christian calendar. It's a significant date in the Jewish calendar. It's 50 days after Passover, 50 days after Jesus' resurrection. And so on Pentecost Sunday, this happened um, 2,000 years ago. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. Listen to this. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire what separated, that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now we'll go, get to, we'll go back to Peter in a moment. Because Peter had a big part on the day of Pentecost. But let's explore this, this day, this passage for a moment. The day of Pentecost was a feast, a harvest feast. And it was one of the three Jewish pilgrimage festivals. Uh, um, to understand this, we, we, have to, we have to pay attention because there are multi-layered meanings in, in these feasts. Uh, one of the pilgrimage festivals was Passover. That's when Jesus was killed. And the name Passover comes from the last of the ten plagues uh, that God placed on the Egyptians. If you remember when the Egyptians had the people of Israel enslaved uh, to deliver them because Pharaoh didn't want to deliver them, uh, they, God sent some plagues to try to change their minds. And the last one was the, that the angel of death was sent to kill every firstborn son. In Egypt. Now it seems terrible, but this was a judgment of God because years before, that's exactly what the Egyptians did to the people of Israel. They killed every single one of their firstborn sons. And God's judgment came, came, came to Egypt. And the sign or, or the, 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 the thing that the people of Israel had to do to avoid this plague was to sacrifice a lamb an innocent lamb, and to put its blood on the doorpost. And for every home, every household that had the blood of the lamb on the doorpost, the angel of death would pass over that house. And that's what happened. And that's where the name Passover comes from. Now notice this, that Jesus was crucified on Passover. And he was the Lamb of God that was slain so that everyone who believes in him would not experience death, but death would pass over every single one of them. And that's us here today. Yes. It's a symbol. That's why we say, you know, if you're new to church, you might hear songs that say, he's the Lamb of God who was slain. And you're like, that's weird. This is where that comes from. Jesus representing that Lamb. And if you put your faith in Jesus and you receive Him as your Lord and Savior, you will not experience death. Your mortal body will die, but you will go to live in eternity. That's God's promise. Your spirit will live eternally. Now, because Passover was a pilgrimage festival, all the Jewish men were required to come down to Jerusalem and to be part of the Passover feast. And so... All of these people were in Jerusalem when Jesus was crucified. 
and they experienced the crucifixion, the, the, the day getting dark in the middle of the day, and the veil of the, the temple uh, cut, uh, splitting in half, and they also experienced Jesus' resurrection and the rumors of his resurrection that spread across the land. And then they went back to their homes that, that to toil the land, harvest the field, and they came back 50 days later for Pentecost to offer God, uh, according to their law, the first fruits of their harvest. And so all these Jewish men that were there during Passover are back in Jerusalem now. The same audience is in town. And then this happens. When these men came to Israel to present the first fruit of their harvest, to celebrate their harvest, the Holy Spirit came as the gift of God. And just like they were bringing an offering from the fruit of the seed they had sown, the Holy Spirit came as a gift, as a harvest from the life of Jesus that was sown for our redemption. Now Jesus had stayed on earth for 40 days after the resurrection. And when he ascended, he said this, Acts chapter 1, verse 4 and 5. He said, do not leave Jerusalem. This was Jesus' instruction to his disciples. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift of my father that my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So they were together for about 10 days in Jerusalem, waiting. They didn't know when it was going to happen. They just followed Jesus' instructions. Praying, breaking bread together. And on the day of Pentecost, when the city was full of people from all over the world, the Holy Spirit came down as a, with a mighty sound and fire and power. And the effect of that moment, of the presence of the Holy Spirit, is that they began to speak in, speak in other tongues. As the Holy Spirit gave them utterance. Now, it may seem strange... Out of everything that could happen, why speak in other tongues? I like asking those questions. It's important to understand because one might think, if God is going to do something amazing, why not make everybody fly like Superman? Why not give him some other supernatural power, right? I feel like we need to de-Hollywoodify our minds. To understand this, we need to de-Vegas-fy our minds. I'm making up words here. Because the day of Pentecost wasn't an act. It wasn't random. It wasn't like, and now the, for the next act, the Holy Spirit is going to saw somebody in half. Can he do it? Huh? Think about this. To any other creature on the face of the earth, speech is supernatural. Nothing else comes close to speech. And nothing else on this planet, as far as we know, in the universe, can speak. But you and I, humans, we are the only creatures that can do so. And sure, animals have a way of communicating, and, but they can't do much with it. Not compared to us. I mean, we're amazed that beavers can communicate and build dams, right? On, 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 we'll go like, wow, they built a dam on the river. But I don't think you have done this, or maybe not recently, walked into your home and looked, wow, humans built this. We're not super impressed, right? We're in this room right now. Look at this room. This room is awesome. 
got chairs, we got lights, we got nice little shape. People did this. How, how are we able to do these things? Because we speak. Because we communicate. The great things that we've able to accomplish because of our ability to speak. That's how we educate. That's how we pass along knowledge. And it has happened from generation to generation. That's how we build on generations' knowledge. That's why schools are so important. Speech is also how powerful people deceive and indoctrinate. And because we speak, it's a powerful thing. We're able to build, like I said, on the work of generations past and get to where we are today. Speech is a powerful, powerful thing. Here's how powerful it is. There's a story in Genesis 11, a short story. It's known as the Tower of Babel. And in this story, Babel, by the way, stands for Babylon. And in the story, uh, it's a symbolism. Just like the flesh fights against the spirit, Scripture says, and the world opposes God, Babylon opposes Zion. In other words, if Zion is the city of God, Babylon is the city of the flesh, is the city of the world and, and, and where sin abounds. So Genesis chapter 11, verse 4 says this, Then they, the people of Babel, said, Come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens, so that we may make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we will be scattered over the face of the whole earth. See, they want to control. They want a domination. They, want, they were driven by pride. Notice, they said, let's make a name for ourselves. Now, how did God stop Babylon from controlling the whole world? The Tower of Babel actually never came down, as some stories. He didn't send anything uh, down. Look at how God did it. The Lord said, verse 6 and 7, If as one people speaking the same language they have begun to do this, then now they, nothing they plan to do will be impossible to them. Come, let's go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. This is how God stopped Babel from building their tower. It wasn't a holy missile. It wasn't like some glorious bomb. Speech. God confused their speech and the project was abandoned. Communication. Now you fast forward to the day of Pentecost. And the Holy Spirit came like tongues of fire, giving people a new language. So that nothing would be impossible to the people of God. So that the gospel would reach the whole world. Or the whole earth, the whole world. Jesus was enabling, God was enabling the people to fulfill the great commission to share the gospel to the ends of the earth. Now notice what happened. Uh, verses 5 to 12 on chapter 2 of Acts as the story continues. Now there were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. And when they heard the sound... A great crowd, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't, these all, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our own native language? 
Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia, and Pamphylia, Egypt, and parts of Libya and Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they ask one another, what does this mean? It wasn't random. The Holy Spirit was using them to share the good news. Now, here's where the story gets fun. Because they're all wondering, what is this for? What's the purpose of this? And some of them said, I know, they're drunk. I mean, if getting drunk gave you that kind of power, it doesn't. So Peter comes back in the scene. And Peter gets up take center stage and says, let me explain to you what's happening. They're not drunk. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what's happening. Listen to me carefully and full of confidence. He begins to preach a sermon. Peter begins to share with him, listen, the, 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 this is what the prophet Joel prophesied hundreds of years ago, that God would pour out his spirit in all of his people, that all flesh would experience the the, the, the Spirit of God. And then he started talking about Jesus. That the same Jesus that they knew and they saw do many miracles was crucified and died. But he rose again and he said, we were all witnesses to it. We all saw it happen. Then he explained how King David talked about Jesus. How David's tomb was there for them to see, for everyone to see. But that David spoke of a Messiah who would not experience death. And then he closed this awesome sermon with this sentence. Acts chapter 2, verse 36, he says, Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. How's that for a sermon that doesn't offend anybody? You killed him, and God made him the Messiah. And the message Peter shared was so powerful that cut to the people's heart. Scripture says that it cut to their hearts. And that day, 3,000 people gave their lives to Christ. First day that the church established. First day this Holy Spirit comes down and they're already a mega church. They're already setting up kids' ministry, getting the lights and the smoke. I'm kidding. No, none of that happened. <laughs> Ableton Live. <laughs> and they joined the church. And the movement started. Now, before the Holy Spirit came, what Peter had was an opinion. That's all he had. He gathered information. And he had an opinion. He thought, you know, certain things needed to happen. But when he was filled with the Holy Spirit, he had revelation. And that's the difference. Because Peter had revelation, he had transformation. And if you don't get anything out of this today, if you, don't, if you forget the sermon 10 days from now, I want you to get this. The revelation comes by the Holy Spirit. Can you say that? Say, revelation comes by the Holy Spirit. You want to know what's going on? 
Be filled with the Spirit. Do you want to be healed? Be filled with the Spirit. Do you want to have the mind of God? Be filled with the Spirit. Do you want to overcome what you're facing? Be filled with the Spirit. Do you want your life to go to the next level in your relationship with God? Be filled with the Spirit. In speaking of the Holy Spirit, Thomas Aquinas said the following. He said, it is a property of love to move and impel the will of the lover toward the thing loved. And I think that this has to do with why many of us are not willing to surrender. Because the thing about being filled with the Spirit is that it requires full surrender. And my question to you today is, and my challenge to you is, are you willing to surrender? Because we want what we want. We like what we like. And many times, what we do, we do just like Peter. I think many of us deny Jesus just like Peter did. And the way we do that is because we don't have revelation. We have opinions. And so we come to God with our opinions. We say, God, I really think that you need to do this for me. God, I have the answer. And so I'm going to pray and ask for the answer. I really want this from you, Lord, and I'm going to do It's an exchange, right? I'll do, I'll pay the price. But I know what I want, and what I want is what I want. I really think that if my will be done, Lord, that's the best. No revelation. Just opinions gathered from a natural mind. And our natural mind, like I said, can do a lot. But it cannot connect or extract anything from the mind of God. We need revelation. The love of God for you is so great that as Thomas Aquinas said, he wants to make you like him. He wants his will to, to enter your heart so that you can see like he sees. He wants to make you like him. He wants to give you his mind. God wants you to have revelation. He wants all of us to have revelation. And for Peter, revelation transformed him. Everything made sense from that point on. And instead of trying to make Jesus get revenge and take control of the state and sit on the throne as the king like David did, he understood he immediately understood the Holy Spirit descended. He was filled with power and he got it. Oh my goodness. This is what Prophet Joel was talking about. This is what David talked about. He understood it completely. And he understood that the Holy Spirit came to reveal the heart of God to every single one of us. To transform our hearts. And my, my question to you is, are you willing to have your heart transformed? Are you willing to, to enter in this relationship? To let go of you, you, what you now hold and deem as so important. Because it could be that on the other side of this transformation, what you think is important is not important at all. Once God reveals himself to you, you'll never be the same. So you may ask today, who is the Holy Spirit? Here's one answer that we have for you in this series. The Holy Spirit is God revealed to you and me. The Holy Spirit is God revealed. 
and God revealed to you and me here and now. The Holy Spirit is, is the presence of God that makes God real and makes God more than a notion, more than an idea, and makes Jesus more than a historical figure. It's the presence of God in your heart each and every day. And I pray that we may all have a revelation and that the Holy Spirit may enter our, our lives and we may know, we just may know. You know, Carl Jung, the famous psychologist, he grew up going to church and he wrote a lot about the gospel from a psychological standpoint. But later in his life, there, there was an interview that was done, a video interview with him. And, and the, the interviewer probed him with questions about religion and, and, and God. And there was this one question where he said, do, do, you, do you believe in God? And he said, I used to believe. And he said, and then the, and do you believe in God now? And he said, oh, I don't have to believe because I know. And he just left it at that. He didn't explain it. So some people, you know, if you, if you don't believe in God, you might say, oh, he just, he's just dismissing it. But for those of you who know what revelation is, once you know, once you get a revelation, you don't have to believe anymore. Because believing is, is holding on to something that is not quite real, right? You believe for something that is not there yet. But once you have a revelation, you go from believing to knowing. And it is my prayer that every single one of us here may come to know God. And that only happens through the Holy Spirit that you receive it this morning. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening today. If you have a prayer request, a question about faith, or would like to find out more information, visit us at connectcommunity.org. Don't forget to subscribe and share. See you next time.